questions from quarantine. Well, hello, Salem Heights. I want to welcome you to another week of questions from quarantine. Yes, we are still talking about quarantine uh, even this week, but uh, this week I just want to be able to uh, speak to some things that are happening in our culture and uh, and speak to the sense uh, that I have that there are many people that are hurting and overwhelmed with our current circumstances. Um, if I'm honest, I, I've been hurting myself as I've watched what's going on in our nation, as I've listened to some of the responses of people around me, the, the sense of being overwhelmed and concerned, it's pervasive. And uh, myself, I, I've been hurting for our church, I've been hurting for our city, and I've been hurting for our nation. I'm hurting for what I'm seeing happening all the way across our United States. And so I wanted to speak to that. What, what is it that, uh, that you are feeling? There's a, a few of you that the constant pressure of our current circumstances have left you feeling just pain. Uh, for some of you, the broken path to justice in your own experience uh, is leading you to protest. And for others, the unstable atmosphere, unsure footing, and unclear thinking in the world around us is leaving you feeling powerless. Many of you are, are feeling this pulsing sense of pain. Um, it is throbbing in every aspect of life. It's coming out in your conversations. It's overwhelming your discussions because of what you are sensing is going on in the world around you. It's hitting you in different ways. Uh, and I don't believe that I can accurately speak to each one of those situations. I don't believe I can actually do justice to each of the things that individuals that have spoken to me are, are feeling or even what they are needing in this moment. I'm not sure I can speak to that, but I, I can um, speak to a couple of thoughts from Scripture. I, I'm going to ask you today to do two things. One, I'm going to ask you to do something we consistently ask you to do, and that is to meditate on a verse. And secondly, I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't often ask you to do, but I believe that you will do it well. So first, I want you to meditate on James chapter 1, verse 19. In times like this, how do we respond? What is it that we can do? We need to hear what James said, and he says, uh, This you know, my brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Uh, as I was reading that passage and, and looking it up, studying it, there's something really interesting that happens in the original language. Uh, when we hear those words, hear, speak, or anger, we make an assumption that those are all verbs, uh, that he's saying that you are actively hearing, you're actively speaking, or you are actively being anger, that that's an action that's going on. But actually, um, it's two infinitives, for those of you that are language people, and a noun. Uh, those infinitives are a verbal noun. It, basically, what that would mean for you, if I were to bring this discussion out of the clouds and down, it would be this idea. I want you to be quick, James says, to run to the place of hearing. I want you to be very slow to run to the place of being 
a speaker and be very slow to run to the place of anger. Um, you do not uh, run quickly to two, you run quickly to another. But he says, I want you to see it as a sphere or a location. I am fully here. What does that mean for me? If I'm going to be quick to hear, that means that I run to that place of listening. And it means if I'm in the place of listening, I am actively not in the place of speaking. Super important. How do I listen then? I set aside all the other things that would be a distraction. I actually begin the process of listening, of hearing what they are saying. And to hear, I need to be in that place and process. That means I put away my phone. I'm not multitasking. I'm not focused on a bunch of other distracting views. I'm not sitting there processing, saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, and thinking in my own mind what I want to say instead. It says I am hearing. I am just listening. And accurately to say this, that means that I'm actually in the place where I listen so well that I can say back to that other person what it is that they are feeling or saying in an accurate way, a way that represents their opinion or their heart. You have not finished listening until you can say what it is that they meant to communicate, not just use their same words, but what are they trying to communicate to you? Is their actual point of view or their thought? You have not finished being in the place of hearing until you can actually say to them, this is what I believe you've said. And they look at you and say, yes, that is true. Quick to hear, slow to speak. That means slow. Uh, this is the same word that Jesus used with his men when he was on the road to Emmaus. He says, oh, you men that are so slow of heart to believe all that the law and the prophets has said about me. They would read these statements. It didn't make a, much, a bunch of sense to them. And so as they were studying about the Messiah, they were slow to believe what Scripture was saying uh, he would be. They didn't want to get there. If you transport that view of that word into this context now, he says, be quick to hear. Make sure that you're really listening. But slow, that is, I'm not eager to get to the place of speaking. I don't want to just run there. How do I get eager to get to the place of speaking? Well, that means I'm not actually listening to you the entire time. I'm already forming what I'm going to say. I stop listening at one of my trigger words or my trigger thoughts or an opinion uh, that I maybe heard just a little brief notion of, and I begin to form an argument before I've actually finished hearing. We need to make sure that we are slow to speak. In other words, we need to be thoughtful when we are speaking. We should think carefully about how we should respond, but we should not be thinking about our response while we are listening. Slow to speak and then slow to anger. I don't want to run to the place of anger. It's important there are different words for anger in the New Testament. This is not the word that's used for indignation or vengeance. There's no place for us to just walk around being indignant or go take vengeance. That's for the Lord to take care of. Let the Lord take care of vengeance. But he actually says this, this word for anger, Aristotle said this word for anger is the idea of desire mixed with grief. In other words, I have a strong desire or a, a, a way that the world should be, and it's been cut off from me, and it is, I'm filled with grief. And the grief that I am experiencing is being expressed in a certain manner. He says, be slow to get to the place where it feels like your dreams are cut off and there you have 
grief or where you're expressing that grief in an angry matter. He wants you to be slow to run there. It is possible to take a look at the world, and, and if we see rightly what's going on, people have strong desires for justice, a strong desire for the world to be right, a strong desire for freedom, a strong desire for the economy to be set right, a strong desire. And the grief that's come in is I'm not experiencing what I have that strong desire for. And even those are godly desires. Those are things that I should want, but it's somehow getting cut off. And the result is this inflamed anger. We need to be slow to run to anger. We need to start with listening. And that'll be a balm that begins to be applied to the people that are around us. What will this do? What will meditating on James 1.19 as we interact with a hurting world do? It's, it helps us to stop from flip-flopping. In the last couple weeks, I've heard from individuals who just a couple weeks ago said, we need to avoid the rule of law and begin to get back together. We need to forget what the law is saying and just do our own thing. And a few weeks after that, they're shouting out, where is the rule of law? And, and we need the rule of law back applied here. If you are one of those individuals, this is what I would ask you to consider. What caused you to go from one opinion about the rule of law a few weeks ago to a different opinion today? If in your answer, any part of it is, well, it's all about my experience. I wanted this back then and I want this now. We need to be very careful. If we live our lives according to our own desires or what suits us best, we will cloud the gospel and we will not be people that are worthy to be listened to. We don't want to be flip-floppers. But if we listen to James and James 1.19 and are mindful, we'll also avoid bandwagons. There are a bunch of people right now that are telling you what you should believe and what you should sign on to, and they have all kinds of thoughts for you. This is what I would have you do. Be very quick to hear what is the intention and the heart behind those individuals. But be slow to sign up for something. Ask yourself this. In six months, will I still believe this has value? I'm not a saying that people shouldn't sign on and change their point of view. In fact, I believe many of us should change our point of view. We need to make sure that whatever we sign on for, we are 100% there. And that it is about those things that God would have us be about. Things that will bring about peace, change, and that will emphasize the gospel and the glory of Christ. We also need to avoid pandering. What people do not need in this day and age is a little pat on the head and then there you go, you've, you've got my blessing. That is not helpful. What they need are real, heartfelt, considerable people that, that, that have listened to their concerns and have moved forward with insight and foresight, declaring this is what God would have us be about. We need to listen and then act in a way that is helpful. That's God's opinion. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We need to apply it. That's the thing I'm asking you to do uh, that I consistently ask you to do. But now I'm going to ask you to do something that I don't often ask you to do. I want you to listen. I, I have a, a sermon that will be attached to this week's QFQ. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to apply that being quick to hear. 
I'm not asking you. There are some that will see uh, the persuasion or the bent. This is not coming from a theological persuasion uh, that uh, is mine. Uh, I'm not asking you to change your theology. I'm not asking you to jump to a different perspective. I am asking you to hear somebody who, with clear thinking, with well-thought-out verbiage, is saying, this is what I have experienced. This is, from my point of view, what we need to consider. And I want you to practice hearing what is being said. I actually believe that throughout our nation, contrary to what the media and others are lifting up, there are voices of people who are reasonable and saying, would you consider this before you reject any notion that is not your own? Will you listen to me? Practice hearing, not because you've switched to a different camp, but because you want to hear somebody and you want to hear them completely. This will honor God, it will honor them, and it will further our ability to preach the gospel and be agents of peace. Would you practice it? And I'd love to hear your responses. Thank you.